Satu, how's it going? Very well, thank you, Boomer. How are you doing over there? I'm good. I've got my warm glass of decaf, and I'm ready to talk about all things personality. That's exciting. Yes. And before we go any further, the show notes for this one are going to be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash personality. And what's been interesting about this topic, and it's something that has enthralled me for a number of years, but increased in interest when I heard Ray Dalio speak more about it and how they use personality and personality testing at Bridgewater. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to today's conversation uh, but let's talk broadly first, and I'll, men- I'll come back to Ray Dalio certainly at some point. Let's talk broadly first about um, personality types. When I think personality types, I generally think of extroverts and introverts. Mm-hmm. Can we go into that a little bit? What, what are those? What does that actually mean? Yeah, I think maybe we take a step back and think, like, what is personality? And oh, that's even better. Yeah. Because personality, typically people describe it as something that remains stable. You can't, it's permanent. You can't change that. It is actually part of it is genetics. um, And part of it comes just at a very young age. And then behavior is more the how we act on that, how we organize our thinking. Our personality has an effect to that, but that's the words and the actions that come out. That is then something we can actually influence more than the personality. And I think that creates an interesting link to the fact that personality tests are being used to sort of evaluate the person's personality based on the choices that they make and based on also sometimes based on observations on someone's behavior. And I think already having said that, that creates a some question marks in in my head, but sorry, you were saying. (laughs) No, I I love this because you've uncovered some flaws already in common personality tests and, you know, common person personality tests are used everywhere, right? It it feels like, and I, I have a plane flying over me right now. And I apologize if anybody can hear that, but if it seems like no matter where you are, job, Applying for a job, you're in a job, you're getting your 360 degree review, which we can talk a little bit about Mm. those. Uh, There's a personality test involved. Yeah. But let's, can we talk a little bit about these introverts and extroverts and maybe some problems with those designations? Yeah. Um, Firstly, yes, as you said, we use personality tests um, in many different situations, whether it is at your current job or you do it online just because you're curious about yourself or you are in a recruitment process. Now, by doing these type of tests, uh, we can name a few of them. MBTI is a very well-known um, uh, a test that people use and companies use. Then another one is the DISC that gives you like a color. Which color are you? What is that's uh, I think it was William Marston's um, test originally, the DISC test, uh, and the MBTI is the Myers Briggs indicator. Now, um, tests like this, they put you in categories, right? They sort of label you. You become yeah. a color, or you become a, a letter or four letters, like with the MBTI. Do you remember your <laughs> Do you remember your letters? 
Um, that's the funny part of it. It has changed over the okay. years. And it's quite a significant change because the first letter at the MBTI test gives you the indicator, are you extrovert or introvert? And mine mm -hmm. has changed because I checked uh, my notes from probably over 10 years back and it was an E, an extrovert. And now if I would do the test, and which I did a couple of years back, it's an I. How is that even possible? Is, isn't this a personality that you can't really change? That's just how I am. Or is it the behavior that I wanted to express when I was doing that test? And in my, now I'm going deeper into this specific test and Please my experience. Do. I wanted to be more of an extrovert because of the career situation I was at at a very young, much younger age, um, more like mid-20s, than I actually am according to my personality. And I can proudly say that I'm very convinced now that I am an introvert and I could be an introvert extrovert. There's also this tweak to that, um, which means that I'm very happy to stand in front of a crowd and this is what I do for a living. I help people, others. I speak in front of uh, management teams and so on. I've led teams. I don't have a problem with that. Where do I get my energy from? That's when the introvert side kicks in. I don't get my energy from all these people. I get it when I'm not with them. Mm -hmm. um, does it make me uh, less of a high performer? Knowing all this now? No, not at all. Looking at why did I answer to these questions the way I did back in the days, I think it was 15 years back, I probably thought it's going to be like, they're going to hire someone who is an extrovert because extrovert and, and then disc test, red colors, they are the dominant ones. So you have to be like that if you want to be a high performer. But that mm -hmm. doesn't, that's not the case in, in the real world, have I come to understand now. You can really be a high performer whether you have, yeah, it doesn't matter which letters you get from an MBTI test or which colors you get from a disc test. It, what matters is, do you understand your personality and do you know how to manage your behaviors? Can I throw out a landmine here? Because yes. in two personality tests, one MBTI and the other one won't go named here, but it's very similar to DISC. One I came across as an extrovert and one I came across as an introvert. Right. Uh, yeah. And so <clears throat> I do think that it's very hard to uh, isolate and create controls here, right? And to, I guess you have to genuinely answer, but you have to genuinely answer on your typical day, right? And how many of us always have typical days? Yeah. So I was an ENTJ. Uh, when I took the MBTI test, when I was in my freshman year, thousand person psychology class, and I was an ENTJ when I took it again, only a couple of years ago, actually a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. and I could, and I thought for sure I had a similar shift to you that I went from being super extroverted as a college student in a fraternity, social chair, that kind of thing, uh, to being more introverted. And it came across as the same thing. Yeah but I still don't have the hundred percent confidence in that test. Yeah. So, because I feel like I get more energy now when I'm by myself, regenerating, doing things, going out in nature, all of that. Right. Yeah. So is it the test that we should blame or should we blame ourselves 
or maybe none of them. But I think when you really want to dig deep dive into personalities, um, I wouldn't take these tests. I think I would turn to a, a test that actually gives me a more deeper understanding on or maybe even more psychological understanding and also gives you sort of the dark side of the the personality um one of the tests that i do like uh, yeah i was gonna i was gonna the yeah. immunological question that comes up and is on everybody's mind what test do you what actually like it? yeah um one Let's interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to talk a little bit about a product and company I'm in love with, and that is the V-Lite. My particular device is the NeuroAlpha, and let me tell you a little bit about my N of 1 benefits. Better sleep, better focus and less anxiety when it comes to things like public speaking, and increased ability to really drop into flow. But you can check out their website, which is full of all kinds of scientific articles and research in this world of intranasal photobiomodulation. And if you want to check out a device, we have a little bit of a coupon code for you. You can use the coupon code SUPERHUMAN to get 10% off your purchase. That's V-Lite, V-I-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com, and use the code SUPERHUMAN for 10% off. Um, one that me and my previous colleagues have used and also colleagues that have been or are still have um, our psychologists um, recommend is the Hogan systems test. Um, what's, what's so significant about that one? Well, that's the thing. I mentioned the dark side of yeah. you to make it short. Yeah, you can read. I mean, uh, like, are we talking about Satu Vader here? Or are we? Do we have like a dark? <laughs> do we have a Darth Vader moment, or it, like, what does the dark side actually mean? Well, we all have some dark side of us. Some of us have it more significant. But basically, it's a question of what happens when you're cornered. What happens when you're in an extreme stress situation, or or a situation where you get sort of attacked, or yeah, what is your reaction? What what kind of a boomer comes out then? Mother um, Teresa. <laughs> awesome. For go. me, it's more of the mal- manipulative satu <laughs> that there comes out because I'm so determined to get where I'm going that I start forgetting about people. And uh, so, compared to the MBTI um, test, I think, in my opinion, uh, the Hogan's tests go much deeper and they're more reliable. And also, I guess that's the fact that. More psychologists also work with those tests, and, and a lot of recruitment companies or executive search firms use Hogan's and similar to that to deep dive into personality types. Um, and you can you can Google Hogan's systems approach and, and read more about it, and we can link that to the show notes as well. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the links between how is this stuff useful in terms of both performance and recovery, can we get a little bit into the usefulness of these? Like once I have my Hogan's profile done, what's particularly useful about that? Yeah. And even if it's not Hogan's, even if it would be just any type of a personality test where you need to start understanding what kind of a person you are and now link to performance, where do you get your energy from and what takes your energy? What kind of situations make you stressed? Mm-hmm. and how to work with that. And this is how we can then link all together back to the systems approach. I think for, we just gave the example about the extrovert and introvert. Like for an introvert type, where do you charge your batteries? We mentioned that 
Uh, you might go out to the woods and just be alone in the nature. And that's where you see like the batteries filling up again. Uh, for an extrovert, you might need to go to a party to get your batteries up again because you've been sitting uh, the entire day at the office and you're so bored. Uh, so we are very different and we should not force ourselves. Neither should we start forcing our team members or employees to do things that are not suitable for their system and for their uh, personalities. And we can, to a certain extent, we can, of course, modify our behavior. And even a super introvert person can cope with situations that are draining and, and taking out the energy. But you need to know how to balance that. Like you can't have 24-7 or even eight hours of something that totally just takes your energy and then not to know where to gain the energy back. So in, in an optimal situation, if you are measuring, you could be measuring your, your stress and recovery with the first beat. We've discussed that in, a, in another episode. And you could see like, what are the stress levels during the day? Are the activities that I'm doing, the meetings that I'm sitting at and the clients that I'm meeting, the work that I'm doing, is it causing more stress? And if so, what is the specific trigger? Why did it cause me so much stress? And how do I then manage my coming week or weeks or months so that I can actually regain that energy throughout the day and not just fall asleep and feel miserable? So mm -hmm. all those things are linked, as you can hear. Awesome. Awesome. So can we talk a little bit about the right ways and the wrong ways to use these in just sort of a business setting? Because like you see them in recruitment all the time. I alluded to Bridgewater using, I know Bridgewater, at least Ray Dalio has commented that he uses MBTI for mm. hiring purposes. Yeah. Is there a problem with relying solely on these personality tests to screen clients or to screen potential applicants? Yes and no. Uh, depends on who is taking the, or conducting the recruitment process. How skilled are you as an interviewer or HR person or, or the um, boss, uh, so to speak? Um, the worst thing is that if you would just print out a result of a personality test and rely on that and then make a decision based on that. Never do that. You always need to take the individual um, to the situation and actually have a feedback session or, or an interview around this. Like, how do you interpret it, the results of the test? Yeah. And um, the, the situations, what I've seen where these are being misused are situations where the person who is interviewing is actually just giving the report to the person and, and reading it out loud. As per the test results, you are this and this. You are a red person with a little bit of yellow, and this, in, this is how you react to stressful situations. Isn't it right? And of course, the person is like, okay, yes, sure. And then you get the report, and you're like, oh, I'm labeled. I'm this. So... I'm expected to act like this. I'm expected, if I get the job, I'm expected to behave like this because red yeah. people are like that or uh, extrovert people are like that. Yeah. Uh, look, the whole space fascinates me because, well, you know me quite well. I like to bring data wherever I can to things and people analytics is a pretty growing field. Yeah. And so I love these different tests. 
Uh, one article that I found absolutely hilarious had the title "Why Myers Briggs is Meaningless," mm-hmm. and I think there's a, another article that kind of followed on on this uh, about why Myers Briggs, or I think it's called the problem with Myers Briggs. Do you want to touch on that one a little bit? Do you mean the one which actually says goodbye to MBTI? Uh, yeah, let's do that one. There's so many out there on Myers-Briggs because I think every psychology student in the world has to take that test at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think those articles that I've seen, uh, they all come back to the same conclusion that these tests like MBTI, it's too much on the surface. And actually, you cannot really say that this is who the person is. It's just uh, an indicator. And that's, that's the name of it as well. Myers-Briggs, it's, it's an indicator. It's not the truth. And I think that is something we need to remember. And also the fact that we cannot start labeling people or categorizing people based on um, a test. Um, what do you think of the future of this space when AI comes involved? Yes, that's a brilliant question. I love this because I've been thinking about it so much. I think these tests will develop. Um, AI will be able to help us even with screening. Um, if we now talk about recruitment, like screening candidates, um, even the behaviors, the behavior side of it, because you could have a video meeting and you could be screened like this is the personality that the AI is sensing that. Uh, the person has. I do think that there always needs to be the human side of it. You need to have the validation by a human being. You cannot solely rely on, you can screen and you can maybe get rid of in a recruitment process, you could get rid of some candidates because of um, a testing or, or yeah, the tool and the AI usage. But at the end, you still need to, if you want to understand behaviors and personality types, you want to have the human interaction. Absolutely. That's a great place to leave off because I love the concept of future of work. That should be another, I'm speaking on it quite a bit, but we should have another podcast episode on the future of work. Oh yeah. Satu, thank you so much for the amazing education on personalities. Thanks Boomer. To the superhumans listening out there, the show notes for this one are decodingsuperhuman.com slash personalities. Sayonara. Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digest, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you.